Hi, this is Kalia. And this is Chris. And this is It's, it's a, a Queer, queer thing. thing. On this show, we focus on politics, civil rights, news, and entertainment. And on this show, we have special guests and interviews focusing on issues relevant to the LGBTQ plus community. So let's get to it. Hey, Kalia. Hey, Chris. Hey. <laughs> second show of 2024. Indeed. Second show in a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. We, they were kind of pushed together this time. Well, you know, sometimes things are better when they get pushed That's, together. I'm with that. Yeah, Bum-cha. absolutely. Bum-cha. We have a special guest with us tonight. We really do. Hi, everybody. Say hello to Jen. Jen, say hello to everybody. Hey, everybody. There we go. All right. Jen <laughs> Cruz is with us because she is in campaign mode. She is running for a seat on the Bo- Fresno Board of Supervisors in District 5. So, Jen, tell us why you wanted to do this and what made you join the campaign sure so actually um politician was never on my career checklist at all um but as you all know i've been in positions for quite a while now where advocacy is part of the work and i've been sitting in meetings whether it be unified school districts or city councils or board of supervisors watching the process and learning all sorts of things and in this last 45 days i've learned so many things and i've said what so many times um so it was not something that like i've been telling people i am not a career politician i don't have some big political team or campaign type of thing going on um but really it was just about watching those different environments um and watching public comment and watching how the leaders lead Um, And specifically in the Board of Supervisors, how they don't listen to the people. Mm -hmm. And I was there in advocacy for the LGBT community, but I was getting to watch them also not listen to any other group coming to them. Yeah, I mean, it really stemmed from when you spoke at the Board of Supervisors meeting, right, about the parental... Parents Matter Act, brought by District 2, seconded by District 5 incumbent, and... um, but I'm watching, right, them not listening to any of the folks. And that was the final straw, really, because yeah. I had been in there several other times throughout 2023. Once when they had restricted flags on any county building back in, right, you know, during Pride Month, right, right, right before. And I've been watching, you know, union workers and people asking for living wages and people from all sorts of different groups of folks asking for things or trying to have their voices heard and watching them limit public comment to 20 or 30 minutes. Even and on November 7th specifically, there was hundreds of people down that hallway. Mm-hmm. You all remember. You saw yeah, the videos. We were there. You were, yeah, <laughs> you were there. Um, and they said 20 minutes, two minutes apiece, and that's all you get. You know, and the the comment that I made during my public comment was several points about, you know, not wasting our money on the lawsuits that are going to come from this. Um, Also about listening to the people, the 2000 people at the time who had signed petitions or sent letters. And I said, if you pass the resolution, those 2000 people are ready to mobilize because that's what they said. Mobilize and come for your seats. Mm -hmm. And when it happened, you know. I just, I really am the kind of person and have gotten to be this as an adult where we don't set boundaries and then let people cross them and then not follow through with what we said. Mm -hmm. I thought someone else would want that seat because there's all these, you know, they want to be 
elected and uh, but basically when I said okay who's going they all pointed at me <laughs> and so and, so, and I so, think yeah. a lot of these meetings not just here but across the country you will inevitably hear a few people more than one say you know if you don't straighten this up we're going to vote you out and sometimes you'll hear somebody say we're going to find people to run against you but that almost never happens right yeah um, and they're tough they're tough to vote out because they're ha- they have their little contingency of uh, yeah. supporters that yeah. will bring them back in and name recognition and the, right. being the because once you're in it's easier to get reelected because yeah. people so let's talk about your campaign but real quick just so that the listeners who might not know your district five can you explain what the boundary lines of that district are it's really large okay so but it includes much of clovis which i am clovis high alum um, and it includes all the way out the 180 through Yokuts Valley all the way out to the Kings Canyon National Park so that county line goes um, into Sunnyside area kind of cuts off depending on how far south you are uh, it's either Minnewawa or Peach um, goes like I said through Tarpey, Clovis up the 168 all the way to Mono Hot Springs and then the next county line up there. Wow. So it's really wow. really big couple mountain communities. Um, most of Clovis, um, some northern Sanger country. Okay. Um, none of my, none of my family because they all live in the city of Sanger. <laughs> my extended family does anyway. Um, but yeah, it's a big area and a lot of diverse neighborhoods. So a lot of different um, challenges and issues in each area. I've been doing some neighborhood meet and greets already. Yeah, so Um, I was going to ask you, so with your campaign, have you been able to travel around the whole section of the district? Are you out there meeting people? How is it going? So I'm really familiar with Clovis, and there's just a lot of support all over the district and a lot of enthusiasm. And I know, you know, I'm walking into spaces where people are trying to meet me, so sometimes it's preaching to the choir, but there's a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of um, unfulfilled uh, promises over the last six years. So I think that Like what? What are people saying to you? So specifically, you know, up the 168, it's about Bryant-Millerton Road. It's about, you know, road safety all over the county. We hear a lot about fiscal responsibility from the current board, but I have issues with that whole statement, right? Yeah. Because also you're bringing frivolous lawsuits at the state. It's just my opinion that as a good leader... If you knew things were coming from the state and federal, you know, the Secretary of the Interior around name changes, a good leader brings the community together, gives them some kind of democratic process, and doesn't divide people. And I feel like that's what I've seen a lot of. Division, um, you know, politicization of marginalized communities or indigenous people or LGBT people um, to keep their, you know, base that's really usually secure in their housing, secure in their, you know, next meal Mm-hmm. And they show up to vote every time. What so. is the term of a uh, uh, sitting on the board of supervisors? It's four year term. Four years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And who are you running yeah, who against? Who would you be replacing? So the incumbent is Nathan Magsig. Okay. So as I'm traveling around and talking, so I'm very familiar with Clovis. I have a lot of friends and family there. Am alumni. I'm class of '95 from Clovis High. Um, I'm hearing a lot of, oh, thank you so much for running. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of enthusiasm. And, you know, hearing, yeah, you know, we were promised the road would be f- widened up, you know, 168. And we were promised this other thing. And we're really upset about the way the whole, you know, Yokuts Valley renaming process happened. Right, and, right. You know, and throughout the county in the rural areas, there's a lot of road problems. And so if you're running on infrastructure and road safety and, you know, fiscal responsibility, I've seen a lot of contradictory in action over right, the last, right. and that's and, what I'm hearing. And do we know um, how the money comes in through the board of supervisors, and how it gets decided where that money goes? So there's a lot of um, 
There's a lot of questions about that, right? So I'm that's sure. one of, that's like my first point, right? A voice for the people, but transparency in government. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let let's hear the people, but also let's start telling them about those types of things. Because I don't think a lot of people know. They don't. And, and, you know, even I was like unclear for a long time as I sit in those board meetings. Well, how do they even decipher all of this? Right. right? But there's a lot of things that happen. um, And they do the thing in the board of supervisors too, where it's like they vote on a bunch of different things they've already discussed all at once and Mm -hmm. don't talk about it again. So, you know, the money comes from all sorts of places and specific, you know, state, federal, and wherever else it comes from. And then it has to be distributed through the county. And what I hear from even private uh, substance use disorder treatment centers is it's really hard to get anything done when it involves Department of Behavioral Health. Mm -hmm. Now, we've partnered, like my work, we've partnered. And I know that there's a lot of people trying to do a lot of good work. But there's all these barriers. And I think it's bad leadership on, on on the part of the supervisors. But also I've heard directly from workers in those areas, like the conservative board as it stands blocks so much grant writing and money that potentially could come to help improve those services. Right. And when you hear social workers, you know, talking for a whole year in 2020 about here's all the issues and then not listening or taking action until some media, you know, somebody leaks it to the media that right. babies are sleeping on the floor of DSS. Like, Yeah, I mean, we just right, heard that yeah. there were 15 states across the country. I think that's the right number who have refused federal funding for poor kids mm-hmm. to get them food. They just don't want the money's Free. You just have to say, we'll take it. And they're saying, we don't want it. Correct. And that's with regard to that. That's with regard to substance use disorder treatment, improved behavioral health, all of those things that lead directly into the housing crisis, right? Right. Right. Or uh, unhoused people are suffering from all these things they can't get help for. And we're refusing money from the state. Yeah. Not just that. In 20, I think it was 2020 or 21, during the incumbent's tenure, they refused money about an environmental study yeah. for the Central Valley. Now, why do you yeah. think that that is? What would be their justification? So, my theory, right, is that if we stay blind to the environmental issues, then it won't interrupt certain development and certain agricultural things. Okay. But again, I think a good leader would be like, we need to know that because, like, for me, I've had asthma since I was four. I've lived here my whole life. Tons of kids suffer with that, right? And right. then you're talking about twice the poverty level of the entire state here in Fresno County. People can't afford an asthma inhaler every 30 days, right? right. But that's not really a concern to them because their voting base is people who aren't concerned with those things. Yeah, see, that's what I kind of think it is, and I don't know for sure, but that's what I feel like when these 15 states turn down the federal funds for poor kids for food. I think that is because their base thinks that because I've had I've heard several representatives across the country say people all kids have enough to eat there's no poor people no kids in this country that don't have food in their mouth every day which of course we know is BS so So I think it just feeds into their voting base again to turn that money down they'd rather have people suffer than offend their base because the only way they stay in office year after year after year is that their base comes out and reelects them absolutely I agree with that and I think there's no benefit to taking that money or helping people or improving, you know, substance use disorder treatment or behavioral health Mm -hmm. or the housing crisis. Because if those people rise and thrive, they might become voters. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And sometimes people, and I've heard this from people in Clovis, they don't want uh, rehab facilities in Clovis where they can treat people because they feel like they shouldn't have to have it. I've heard people actually tell me, we shouldn't need that in Clovis. We put that in Fresno because it would infect 
Clovis, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, I've heard a lot of barbershop talk in Clovis, too, and, and f- directly from PD in Clovis that, you know, if there's houseless people in Clovis, they drive them up the mountain or over to the city of Fresno. And that happens right. to be true because yeah. my husband runs DNL Floral over in North Fresno on our Blackstone and Minarets, and he has witnessed them being dumped over there and talked to police officers who say, yeah, they do dump them over here and there's nothing we can do about it. Right. So what kind of policies would you move forward? Obviously, we're talking about uh, fiscal accountability and, you know, leadership by actually yeah. talking to the people and listening to the people. But do you have any specific plans or goals that you would put into place or plans you would want to implement? Well, first, it would be something, a resolution, a policy of some sort to be able to hear the people, right? Not limit public comment to 20 or 30 minutes when people take valuable time out of their day to come talk. Um, second, the fiscal responsibility part. That, I mean, I have learned so much in the last 45 days. It's, it's, and I keep going, are you serious? <laughs> right? <laughs> I bet. Like, I can't even believe some this of This is why things. I don't get into politics, Jim, right. because I might, yeah. my head would blow up. So, like, I, for example, like, I have to provide receipts if I buy pizza for movie night in my current position, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, there's all this, like, finger pointing about the record keeping of, and, and this is the number that I heard from organizers around this issue, Measure C in the 80s has raised. $30 billion for transportation and improvement in that area, right? And then they did this formula where the most populous places get that. Right, so of course. Fresno and Clovis got a lot, a lot of money, right? Okay. And, and, and I know on the walking trail, I used to jog on those trails out at, off of Clovis and Sierra. There are water fountains for the dogs. And somebody, one of the organizers saying, what really made me mad was that, and we can't get a water fountain at the Sanger bus stop, or or maybe it was Ridley, Mm -hmm. at the bus stop over Mm -hmm. here, you know? Mm -hmm. And people in those rural cities want to be able to travel efficiently. Right. And we can't even get it right in the city of Fresno, but... No, it happens in the city of Fresno, where like in Fig Garden and North Fresno, their roads are are repaved every single day, it seems. It's hard to to go from Clovis to Fresno, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's a different bus system. I mean, the roads suck all throughout Fresno, but central Fresno especially. So in those rural communities, it's basically impossible. If you're in Sanger, Reedley, any of those, you know, areas, and that's not even the District 5 mostly, because that's just that North Fresno country, but even you know, out down the 180, the Yokut's aging population wants some kind of transportation into Fresno. Yeah, and they can't get what they need. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but the, and when they inquire about finances or financial records of that, there's a mm-hmm. lot of finger pointing, and nobody knows. You know, n- nobody's been able to come up with where that 30 billion dollars went. And yeah. that was oh, it. that's and amazing. That is a scary. And so those types of measures come. Those are that's a half cent tax for everybody. Mm-hmm. So the people who are struggling are really impacted by having to pay a half cent tax on everything they buy that's not food, right? Right. Whether it be, you know, and they're not seeing their, or, yeah. They're yeah. not seeing the results of they that money on top of it. They're not seeing any benefit. I've always money. said, you know, people, uh, when people say, oh, I don't want my taxes raised, you know, I always say if they'd give us universal health care, I wouldn't mind if my taxes went up. I mean, if our taxes are... See a, if we see a direct result of our taxes in our everyday lives, that's great. But we pay a lot of taxes and we don't necessarily see a lot of results. We see potholes in the road and we don't have health care and so on and so forth. Yeah. So what, I mean, what, is there anything tangible besides saying, yes, we need accountability? Like, would you start a commission? Is this like an, an audit? Like what, what's so the like plan? So like I said, I'm not a politician, but uh-huh. I have a history and a record of going into things I've never done before and doing an amazing job at them. <laughs> um, including my current position, right? right? They're like, we don't have this thing, build the project. And right. that's what I did. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think that that kind of thing starts with going out to the communities and listening. 
Mm-hmm. And I know that it was successful in what I currently do, right? I'm going to go to each person. Yule, I met with Yule. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. tell me about this. <laughs> Everyone who would meet with me, I met with them and I listened. Because people in the neighborhoods, because they're so different, know exactly what they need. They know exactly the issues they're facing. But then we have to go back to this right body of government and find the creative solutions. But that's also, I've been in management for decades. Like everything that I do and I say like it's about convincing people to do things they don't necessarily want to do. Right. And then having them buy into it. I know I can do that. I've been doing that. So tell to us a little bit about your history and what you, specifically you, Jen, bring to the table and why people should vote for you. Um, So I started early, like I started as a fast food worker at 16 at McDonald's, you know. But I was saying earlier today, like since then... I've constantly been like recruited by old managers who saw how hard I work. So I bring a seriously hardworking ethic. My parents were, my father was a union electrician um, and he was killed at work in a work accident when I was 16. He was 40 years old um, in unsafe working conditions, you know. Uh, My mom was a public school teacher in Fresno Unified for almost 30 years and I watched them work hard. And my mom was, you know, somebody who was out in the fields picking grapes. Her mom went, got arrested with the Cesar Chavez movement back when they were marching for uh, workers' rights. Oh, wow. wow, so this is in your blood. I'm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish I could find a picture or a mugshot or something. Um, you know, and my dad was a union shop steward of, of electricians at, down at uh, Rich's Rich Products Bakery, which recently closed, I think, in the yeah, last few yeah. years. Well, I but, didn't know this about you. Yeah, so, you know, I learned to work hard, and um, when I started working, I kept getting, you know, like, come, come work for us over here. And, you know, I was in management by the time I was 19. Yes, it was at Taco bill but it just like you know kept going mm-hmm. from there yeah i ran sam goody stores in the mall if you're i remember yeah. sam goody yeah. stores she me when she said she that did. you'll remember sam goody, you remember yeah. sam goody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. well i mean you know a lot of i say it now and anybody that like my 30 year olds that work for me they're like what's a sam, what's goody? A sam, sam goody? goody is that a refrigerator yeah, what is yeah. that? <laughs> right um so i started as an assistant manager there and actually was recruited by an old mcdonald's manager who i was just crew for at 16 yeah you know, he knew he knew i could do it and i did mm-hmm. it well and I was an assistant manager. Um, I promoted the store manager probably a year later and moved to Bakersfield, Sacramento. I ran Woodland near Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they gave, they just kept giving me bigger and better stores because right. I was good at it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a little competition, right? Like I love competition. So that's always worked in, to my advantage. But it's from team sports. When I was little, I played Little League Baseball with boys when I was 6 to 12. Yeah. Um, and then I was headed off to Computech with all my friends. And my parents, our neighborhood was Chestnut and Olive. So they built that freeway through. And my parents moved to Clovis and Herndon. And I had a real culture shock going from oh, Chestnut yeah. and Olive to Clovis and Herndon. And I, so I did Clark and Clovis High. Um, you know, and we were kind of having a discussion about this last night about people who, why people get into politics now and what they do once they get there. And it seems to me that politics has become a career choice because it seems to be an easy job to get sometimes hmm. and an easy job to keep because if, if you don't really have to put anything back out to the people, you yeah. just have to talk about what you're putting out to the people. It's the hardworking people yeah. that sometimes don't want to get into these positions. I know when I was uh, in my very early 20s, I started at a hotel as a front desk clerk, and I was the general manager within a year. And I didn't have any experience doing that, but they looked at me and saw that I was a hard worker and that I was willing to get in and do the work. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I just am I'm tired of politicians who get in there and don't want to do any work. 
Well, I think when he got there, too, it was a, a situation of having the backing of some key players. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was looking at you know the announcement from back in 2016, and, you know, if you got the chief of police and the sheriff on your side, then that's easy, especially back then. I think it's a different time than it was. So in Clovis, like it if you is, yeah. can get, you know, the the church folks, because I know that he's an old pastor or youth pastor. He's or a youth sort, pastor, yeah. yeah. So if you can get those folks, they do show up to vote, right? And Are we I talking about Maxig here? Yeah, yeah. you got a whole church behind you, then they're going to vote. They're has definitely going to vote. Has he become aware of you? Uh, yes. And has there been a reaction? Because uh, he ran unopposed last time, he? Didn't did he? run unopposed, that's correct. Yeah. And I did try to do the like sportsmanlike thing and do a formal introduction at the uh-huh. MLK breakfast on Saturday. Um, and then when some people took some pictures, I sat down because he was kind of giving his resume. So I sat down because I felt like I was hovering, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and when some people took some pictures, he said I was disrespectful for engaging him at this event and having my team take pictures. And I said, I'm not a politician. I don't have a team. But it was nice talking to you, you know, and went back to my table. See, just that attitude, instead of being welcoming and saying you're being disrespectful, I I, I don't know. I mean, that says a lot right there, I think. Well, later he told somebody else how much he admired what I was doing. So, But that was somebody big in in one of the clubs over in Clovis. So I think, you know, I don't know what that's about. I I had a very confused look for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, if this is politics, because if I tell you something to your face, I'm not going to tell somebody else 20 minutes later something. Else. Right. So, right. Um, it's been confusing. It's been a ride, and it's been like, uh, is it, I don't want to have to do that, right? Like, right. say something to your face. And you don't want to have to compromise. No. Yeah, well, no. Exactly. And I won't. Political games. Yeah, yeah I won't. Yeah. So, what about the endorsements? Obviously, you know that's an important part of the campaign. Yeah. Have you been courting specific endorsements from groups? Or? I have been running to every single thing I can run to for the last forty-five days, and officially, I have uh, endorsement from the um, Democratic Central Committee, so the Fresno County. Democrats, uh, Stonewall Democrats, Planned Parenthood Miramonte, um, and there are multiple interviews that I've either had in the last two days or are coming up, like mm-hmm. meetings, so, um, but I should, I'm hoping by the end of next week to have about 10 different endorsements. Cool. Yeah. Wonderful. From different clubs. So well, we endorse you. We endorse you, yes. and you, made it, it you made it to our interview, which we really appreciate. <laughs> yeah, and I just want to reiterate, you know, yes, I was there in a capacity of an LGBT advocate, and they keep saying that and dismissing me, and, do, you know, like... Um, you mean when you spoke at the Board of Supervisors, or you were where as No, LGBT- now that I'm running, it's like, okay. you know, the tiny one line in the... So you're only for the LGBT article. community and right. not for anybody else, yeah. But it's not that, because literally what I noticed as I sat there over and over again over a course of a whole year was them ignoring everybody and not right. even pretending to listen and then make a great salary and know that their photo base is going to show up and know they don't have to listen. Yeah. You know, and so it was it was upsetting because it's like, that's our taxpayer money. Right. It's funding your salary. They are so, our employees, basically, but exactly, they always forget exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. So let's talk about what happened last night in Fresno. You want to talk about that? Yeah, so this is, the, it's a good segue, but I, I want to make sure that we pin in so that we can give people the campaign information, how they can reach sure. out to you. So mm-hmm. we will make sure that we mention that at the end of our, our time here with Jen. But we are going to move on a little bit. Last night in Fresno, we attended, the three of us, um, a, a town hall meeting that had, it was the it was the rural tour of the LGBTQ caucus in state government. So there was assembly members and senators, state senators and state assembly members um, that came and talked to us. And I have a list of their names in case anybody wants to know. But we had uh, State Senator Eggman and, let's see here, the Assemblyman Ward and Assemblyman Johnson, uh, Jackson and 
and Assemblyman Lee and Senator um, Menjivar. I think that's how we say her name. Yeah, so Caroline. Anyways, it was fascinating. It was interesting. They talked a lot about what they as the LGBT caucus do. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting was that they were talking, this kind of springboards on what you were just saying, Jen, about how even though they're in the LGBT caucus, most of them are in other caucuses. Right. The AAPI caucus or the Jewish caucus, the Latino caucus, the, yeah. the veteran, you know, they, because intersectionality is a key component of what everybody does. Where all of us contain multitudes. We're all parts of different communities. And so the fact that they are leading that by example, you know, gives us hope and stuff. So I like that it kind of bridges into what you're talking about, about not just being an LGBT person. Right. You're here to represent, you know, the grand scheme of things. Um, anyways, they talked about some of the legislation that they pushed through and they talked about some stuff that they want to do. Um, and Annalisa Perea was the... Oh, yes, yes. She was the co-host, or not the co-host, the, the host and uh, the facilitator and the chair of the of the, the panel discussion and stuff. But it was it was a really interesting time. It was yeah, I think it was we had, stuff. what do you think, like a hundred people at the Tower Theater? I was pleased with the turnout. Yeah. It just speaks to the organizations getting the word out, I think. Yeah. Which yeah. is awesome. I think that um, this particular group of advocates has been uh, become quite organized since the summer, right? And yeah. that's how we got the, triple the funding from the city and a mm-hmm. liaison under the city government. And then we had there was a point where they had public they had public comment, and there mm-hmm. was a lot. There were a lot of people. The three top categories we heard people interested in talking about were houselessness and mental health mm-hmm. and transgender protections transgender for youth. protections for youth. Yeah. I yeah. mean that came up over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, for well, sure. Because we've seen those attacks throughout the school districts, even in you know, even in California, and in specifically throughout the Central Valley. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, one of the things that they talked about was SB three seventy two, which is the Respect for Names Act that they were able to push through. So that was a that was a good little bit of good news. Um, there was a quote that was said, and I honestly I can't remember which of the the gentleman up there on the stage. I think it was the youngest one. The 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 zillennial <laughs> the what? The, not zillennial. It's it's. Is like there the, a new category now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you're you're millennial, and then after millennials are the Gen Z, the Gen Zs. Yeah, so zillennials, right? Oh, so Gen, Z, I've never heard of No, you're okay. making that up. I don't. No, I'm not. <laughs> I feel like it's the the edge of it, right? Yeah, the younger, the, yeah. The, the youngest the millennials get to be zillennials. Z- I hate all or those categories. Can't whatever. we just be people? Anyways, I mean. he said, yeah, speaking of the people who'd come before, that you all the pre well, those the pre. Well, like the boomers and the Gen X people. He was saying... I was waiting for you to get to that. Yes. You worked on on changing government to accept you, but his generation and the ones coming up behind him are working to make government acceptable to us. Yeah. And, and I, I th- really liked that idea. And it, 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 you know, going through you have to trailblaze, right? You have right. to start somewhere, but eventually it, there has to be a shift from just like we exist into we deserve to be treated equally. And right. And Senator Eggman talked about how when she was young, uh, she was one of the older people on the panel. Um, she was talking about when she was young, people were closeted and uh, scared to participate in the political system. Mm-hmm. And it's different now. And what we need is more people like Jen to get into the political system and whether that's on a local school board or a board of supervisors, local 
is very important. People forget how important local is. You know, they always look at the senators and congressmen and the, mm-hmm. the higher up positions, but it's the local. We all know that conservatives have been working very hard now to, to load school boards with conservative people, which is leading to a lot of this these ballots. I ballot would say in the Central Valley, it's the most important thing, especially yeah. when you have this conservative board, like I said, blocking kind of what funding we can get from state and federal levels for all of these issues that we want to solve. Right. But if we're not getting that money because we don't want to go for that money because we don't care about those people. then right. And them deciding Huge to form impact. panels of hand-picked people to decide what books should be where in the library. That yes. was, I'm yeah. still stunned by that every time I think so about ridiculous. it. ridiculous. That's a lawsuit. Yes, yeah, yeah. for sure. For Which sure. recently, um, the state attorney general sent out a, an alert in the last week, two weeks, that is letting the school boards know that this is illegal, what they're doing. And he sent this to all the school boards and the schools in California, saying unconstitutional school policies. That f- This is about uh, forcibly outing trans kids for in school. Unconstitutional school policies that forcibly out and endanger the psychological and emotional well-being of transgender and gender non-conforming students have no place in our classrooms. And that's not just rhetoric. It's based on the California state constitution on three things. The California's equal protection clause, California's education and government code, and California's constitutional right to privacy. So there are legal grounds for them not being able to do this. But as you said, Jen, and we've all witnessed, they're going ahead and doing this anyway. Yeah. Without and there's no accountability or like consequence for doing so. Yeah. So right. he sent this out, I believe, to because they went after the Chino School District this, this last year. And now he's going after every school. He's putting all school districts on alert saying you can't do this. And in turn, we have what? We have a proposed anti-trans ballot measure. So it's a group called Protect Kids California. (coughs) And they are trying to get a measure onto the November 2024 California ballot that will take away rights and protections from transgender, non-binary, and intersex youth. The measure will appear on the 2024 ballot if PKC, that that group, gathers enough valid signatures supporting it. So, and they have until April 28th, and from what we've heard, they're getting close to getting their numbers. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And so what, what, what would the measure do specifically? It would require public and private schools and colleges to restrict gender segmented uh, sorry, segregated facilities like bathrooms to persons assigned that gender at birth. It would prohibit transgender female students, grade 7 plus, from participating in female sports, and it would repeal a law that allows students to participate in activities and use facilities consistent with their gender identity. It would also require schools to notify parents whenever a student under 18 asks to be treated as a gender differing from the school records without exception for student safety. Yeah. And it would prohibit gender affirming health care for transgender patients under 18, even if parents consent or treatment is medically recommended. Read that one again. Yeah. It would prohibit gender affirming health care for transgender patients under 18, even if parents consent or treatment is medically recommended. So the doctors and the parents say it's okay, but now this. This this ballot measure which could go into law and say no it doesn't matter you can't decide what's best for your kids so you have a very organized far right leaning group of folks Mm -hmm. and, and there's one in Clovis yeah you know uh, the Liberty, whoever's the coalitions, right? right? And they're super organized. And when they don't get their way at somewhere like, you know, City of Clovis, they go right to the school district, which is what happened back <clears throat> in July. Yeah. 
Um, they didn't get their way at City of Clovis. The next night, they were at CUSD demanding a written forced outing policy. Right. right. And they're organized. But I do not believe in the Central Valley, even in Clovis, that that is the majority of people's values. I don't think that they hate the LGBTQ community anymore. It may and not be, but is it going to be the majority of voters? That's I'm, the that, that's Especially the when, yeah. especially when it's labeled things get like... To vote. Right, exactly. When it's labeled something <laughs> like Protect Kids California. Because okay, I'm the, the same one. argument from Anita Bryant in the 60s. Right, right? Yeah. thank yes, you. I'm the oldest the one on the panel. I was alive back then. and I, Well, I was alive in the 60s, but it really happened <laughs> in the early 70s. And it was all about kids. Kids, kids, kids. It's why there's this joke on The Simpsons with the minister's wife. What about the children? Yeah. That's not a joke. They've been well, using somebody, children. please think of the children. There you go. Yeah. That's yes. it. And well, they're doing it again. Because when you scare people with regard to their children, even when it's religious views, right? I grew up in a Catholic church. Like, my family was probably very concerned for my eternal soul. Right, right. right. Yes. And so parents care about their kids and that's how you instill the fear to get mm-hmm. people to do what you want. And what I'm sick and tired of is the politicization of our community of indigenous communities, of any marginalized community, so that they can get their voter base to turn out one, but also ignore the housing crisis, right. the mental health mm-hmm. crisis, the, the you infrastructure, know, the infrastructure, all of that all stuff. Of the, don't look over here at the thirty at the million dollars that spending. we didn't tell you where we put it. <laughs> yeah. Right, look over here. Yeah, protect the children. Those trans, yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I do not believe the majority of even Clovis, one of the most conservative cities, is believes that way. I hope not. But I, I grew up in Clovis. It's hard for me to believe that. And, because <laughs> and I think that if they show up to vote, we have a chance to start a movement here. Yeah. And I think we have already because the day that I pulled papers, nomination mm-hmm. papers to go out on my quest, uh-huh. he posted about that road he hasn't fixed in six years. Uh. So we win, you know, and I'm going to have this 90 day platform to say all those things like, hey, they're doing this on purpose. They're right. politicizing these marginalized groups on purpose. We are pawns in a game. So you don't look over here at all of these very important issues that all people are concerned with don't look you know yeah, right, the LGBT right. people mirrors, are concerned about that yeah. too they're concerned yeah. about their roads and their yeah. infrastructure yeah. and all that stuff what gets me about this is the same as it has been on lots of other bills was it's called protect kids california it should be called protect our kids california protect the right kids protect the normal kids that's what they're talking about they're mm-hmm. not talking about protecting lgbtq kids i mean no. we're in the schools too and they don't want to protect us they just no. want to protect the other kids right. and i'm not even sure they want to do that no. i think this is just all political voting thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Just to get the base upset and Absolutely. angry. Absolutely. And, yep. and like Jen said, and we have to point out over and over, there are groups in this country that vote more than other groups. So those of us, a lot of us in our community, they get upset and then they say, I'm not going to vote because I'm angry because it doesn't make a difference. It makes a difference. Even in California, every, every election cycle, people tell me this. I'm in California. My vote doesn't count. Your vote counts because it makes a statement. Whether it's going to change the outcome or not, maybe not. But as but we've seen... But it does count, is, is in those, those local politics. Locals, exactly. Yeah. But as we've There's seen... There's a couple measures on the ballot, the specific, because in March, because mm-hmm. less people show up in March, right. that are going to keep things status quo for the Board of Supervisors. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And some of these yeah. elections, it's people will only vote in a presidential election. We they won't go worry about up. voting in local and yeah. off-season uh, uh, elections. Yeah. Unless we want to see continued wastes of money suing this, you know, this thing and that thing, um, we have to show up March 5th. Even if it's not to vote for me, please show up March 5th and vote. And because, vote for whoever yeah. you want to vote for. Just <laughs> vote. I show mean, up and vote. Everybody said last night, 
very emphatically, we have to get more people involved in the political process. And I, you know, as I've said, it's tough because it's an ugly process right now. But we can change it. It's going to take time, and if we don't start now, it's going to yeah. take even longer. And you hear a lot of that about the disengagement, right? Because right. my vote doesn't matter. Right. And you also hear, oh, people just don't care. A lot of like, oh, it's apathy. But right. honestly, it, like, when people's rent isn't going to get paid next month and they don't know how they're going to feed their kids tomorrow. Yeah. It's very difficult to remember to even mail in the ballot. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know, right. Things come up, the car breaks down and, the, you know, the rent's due. and it, like that. Those are the people who, they might care a lot. So you can very easily check your voter status to make sure that you're registered to vote. It's at sos.ca.gov, and that is this is a website that you can go to. And, and you will, can register to vote by mail if you you're not already. You can register to vote you know, by mail. Kalia likes to go in person and vote, and I respect that. I think that that's the way you – but I know so many people, not Kalia – People who say, I only want to vote in person, and then that day comes around and work gets crazy, or the kids are sick, or whatever. Oh, the and car you, breaks down. Car breaks yeah. down, you can't get there. So vote by mail. Yeah. Vote by mail. And you can, you can, even if you want to take it in, you don't want to put it in the mailbox, you can drop it into the, the voter boxes that are at the places. Right, too. or hand so it to somebody. You can definitely do I like getting the sticker and then walking around and being like, oh, I like the look sticker at my as sticker. well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I've heard, sometimes you can get a sticker in the mail, and I've heard people say that they've gotten them, but I've never gotten a sticker in my I mail. Always, and when I vote by mail and I mail it I post a sticker online I don't have a sticker on me but I mean I post yeah. you know I mean well that's the thing so anyways make sure that you're registered to vote as Jen said the March 5th election is going to matter and we are going to be discussing those ballot um, initiatives and in, in coming episode here on this show as well as on our Facebook page so please make sure you take a look at all of those things but Jen thank you so much for your time can before you go can you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you what your social media handles are and yes. what you have some upcoming events i think and trainings for yeah give us the yeah, whole, give us all the, the so vote for jen um on instagram it's also vote for jen cruz and on the instagram there is a like link treat type thing that also has check your voter registration register to vote and some other things uh, facebook has the events coming up there's one this sunday from 12 to 2 for phone banking training there's canvas training coming up next weekend on the 27th vote for jencruz.com is the website did i say that yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and i think there's a tiktok also uh that's Ooh, fun. uh yeah <laughs> like that. vote for jen cruz right and my 16 year old son is actually because he's that's his generation right he's yeah. been making me video clips and putting in the logo cool. and all the things so wonderful yeah get out there let's right. get out there let's get out there well, thank you so much jen we really appreciate you being here thank today. you for having me i appreciate Thanks. your time Okay, we're going to move on um, just briefly here. So we talked about the uh, caucus and the the town hall that happened last night, but there's a couple of upcoming events that are coming up. So we've got the trans ball theme of Candyland, which is on February 10th. That's coming up pretty soon. Read that little intro part that you read. I want to... Yes. But I thought that was so interesting. (laughs) It was was. was a fun thing to read, for sure. And I have not been to um, the trans ball It says you can make your way through the lollipop woods, the ice cream sea, the gumdrop mountains, the molasses swamp, the peppermint forest, and the peanut brittle house. Woo! I just want to know, are those things actually going to be there? I don't know. Because my sweet tooth is going off the radar right now. Sounds like fun. Um, That is, uh, like I said, on February 10th, so right before Valentine's Day, which is coming up. It's very exciting. And those of you who listened to our last episode, we talked to James 
uh, from DNL Floral about Valentine's Day. So if you've got your any flower needs, that's where we we would prefer for you to hello, go. Hello, James sure. and Chaos. I was told to say hello to James and Chaos. Oh, hello to James okay. and Chaos for sure. So there's a speaking of the voting. There's an event coming up at Splash Fresno in the Tower District. It's mm-hmm. a vote queer choice. It's our time to be heard. Where you can go and you can hear some local candidates. Jen, are you at that one? I will. Okay. And you can register to vote. You can check your voter status and you can uh, get ballot information about all of that. And that's on Thursday, February 8th, 6 to 8 p.m. at Splash Fresno at 644 East Olive Avenue. Wonderful. And those of you who are longtime listeners know what I'm about to say, I'm sure. But kickball season starts back up again next week. It's very exciting. Well, you didn't ding. I'll ding for your kickball. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Um, We have... Six teams in the league now. We've got the Girly Pops, the Poppers, the Kellys, Sapphic Mafia, Pitch Please, and the Bass Bandits. And so we so, have more teams now for me to make fun of. Okay, yes, yes, right. indeed. And Chris and James do the color commentary. It's at Selma Lane Park, middle of the day for the next eight Saturdays, starting on the 27th. So if you, you don't have to play, just come and watch. It's a good time. There's bleachers and there's shade and it's a it's a good time. So yeah. come out and, and, and watch some queer kickball. For and sure. we have the Fresno Rainbow Pride pageant. <clears throat> Rise of the Villains is on Saturday, March 9th. Mm-hmm. You can see all of this on our Facebook uh, page if you need more information about it. And those of you who were tuned in earlier in the show, you probably heard uh, Sandra Bernhardt's Me and Mrs. Jones. Yeah. And the reason we played that, Chris, tell the people why we played a Sandra Bernhardt thing at the top of the show Well, today. because Sandra Bernhardt is coming to Fresno. Yes, she is. She's going to perform at the Tower Theater, and that's a pre-Pride event on May 11th, mm-hmm. right before Pride, to kick off Pride season, and we're all really looking forward to that. That's going to yep. be a lot of fun. And you can get your tickets. Go to FresnoRainbowPride.com, and it'll tell you how to get your tickets. Yeah, and actually, if you go on Facebook and look in a couple different places, there's a chance to win tickets and a meet-and-greet with Sandra. So Plus, it, if you, I think if this event is calling all villains, um, I think the win are yeah. going to be opening for yep. Sandra Bernhardt. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So. so there's one other fun Valentine's Day event coming up, and it's called Cuff It, I think. You have it yeah, right there. Yeah, I do have Cuff It. It is a, uh, I think it's $20, and it is a speed dating sort of thing. And it's, it's actually f- uh, from a dance studio. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, it, on, on Clinton Way. And what it is, uh, you know what cuffing is. Do you know what cuffing is, Chris? I don't. Okay, so cuffing... <laughs> Do I want to know uh, on the on, on the we, public we, airwaves? Do we, I want to know? We need uh, one of those little jingles for Kalia teaches Chris the jargon. <laughs> yes, well, anyway. there it is. Okay, so um, cuffing is when you find a romantical partner at the beginning of the winter season so that you have someone to cuddle with while you get fat from all the holiday food and you snuggle up all winter long and then when spring happens you shed that person and you go out oh my in the god world so you <laughs> handcuff somebody into no, a relationship no, no, no. for a while there's no i mean but well, what's the cuff part I'm, of it it it's like cuddling but like with fluffy people because you're you've gained some weight and there's you're just... nothing cuddly about cuff <laughs> anyways but in they need to rethink that term <laughs> the cuffing thing that's happening in february is actually a singles meet and greet like a speed dating thing and i think that they're going to be using the handcuffs to like maybe you find your special lock oh, so or there something. will be handcuffs involved. I'm not now exactly i'm interested sure. again i'm just looking at the picture here but it is it is for women and it is a singles speed dating on February 14th. So you Are they going to handcuff them to the U-Haul? Or I, just, you know, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and I right. will not be in attendance. So, uh, if, Yeah, if those of you who go
go? I would love to hear how. Yeah, how please it goes. call in and tell us if you got un- uncuffed. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, so now we'll we're going to do a little news, which yeah. will be like maybe our communication sec- section, and I have a little. Oh, he's got a little Star Trek communicator. Yeah, going that on. means we're going to communicate. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I heard a really funny story today. Okay. Um, Florida Republicans are seeking to stem the flood of banned books by charging $100 to object to more than five. Oh, my goodness. So what they found out, Republican-controlled legislators wanted to keep obscene books out of the hands of kids, but some are now acknowledging that they created a logistical nightmare that lawmakers are trying to rein in. Legislators this month introduced a new idea to curb frivolous challenges to books, one of the first admissions that the law, which tightens scrutiny around books with sexual content, may have gone too far. So it'll give you they charge you $100 if you want to complain about more than five books. Can you can you believe that? That's pretty crazy. What do you got? Um, I've got some good news. As you probably know, we were about to uh, have a government shutdown because of a budget issue, but Congress has passed with bipartisan support a budget that put, kicks the can down to March. Yeah, they so always do. That. March is a big deal. Um, the House Freedom Caucus <laughs> strongly opposes the measure because they thought it would facilitate more spending that they support. And so, again, this is a bipartisan and vote 314 to 108. And um, so, you know, some little positivity there. We can get some people working together sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. Did you know Madonna was sued? I did know that Madonna, <coughs> Madonna was sued. Madonna got sued. <clears throat> two Madonna fans are suing the U.S. singer for being late by more than two hours. I heard it was three hours. For a show last month in New York, according to court documents, they state the show was meant to start at uh, 10.30 and didn't start till 12.30. This, this couple, this is, I think it's a gay couple, yeah. are suing her because they by the time the concert got out they couldn't get the rides back to their hotel or their home or couldn't get it was it was very complicated so um what do you think i mean the last concert we went did pink start on time when oh, you yeah. went to see pink yeah yeah i mean yeah i think that people should i think if you have a job you should show up on time um especially a concert that's at night because there the, you got to uber home or you got to get out of the parking yeah, lot I think and you're if paying you go to a and, concert you better be prepared to have a four or five six hour adventure because well, for sure yeah, but yeah. i still think things should start at least moderately on time yeah. and especially if you've if you've paid for child care i mean like there's just a lot of things that go into she's it. famous for doing i love madonna but she's famous for doing this i get to see her next month i hope oh, she I starts know. closer you better time. take a nap. <laughs> okay, so I've got some good news. We talked on this show last year about the change in blood donation policies, and now that change has been put into practice. So the change puts the emphasis on the sexual activity rather than sexual <laughs> orientation. This is basically so that gay men and bisexual men are allowed to donate. So all potential donors are screened with the new questionnaire, evaluating the HIV risk based on sexual behavior, partners, and other factors that can contribute to the spread of blood-borne infections, such as intravenous drug use and recent tattoos and piercings. So that's, you know, that's much better. Potential donors who report having anal sex with new partners in the last three months are barred from giving until a later date. And anyone who has ever tested positive for HIV will continue to be ineligible. Those taking pills to prevent HIV through sexual contact are still barred until three months after their last dose. The medication known as PrEP can delay the detection of the virus. So donated blood is then tested for HIV, hepatitis C, syphilis, and other infectious diseases. So this is great. It's the same kind of thing 
donating. If you have um, certain kind of like corneal surgeries on your eyes, you can't donate. If you, you know, if you have corneal surgery on your eye, mm-hmm. you can't donate. What's the reason behind that? I'm not exactly sure. I just know that that was one of the little boxes that I had to, to check when I donate. So, anyways, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a really good and important step, and those changes are being rolled out as of right now. So. Okay. Uh, some more good news. The shooter behind the Club Q shooting in Colorado has been officially charged with federal hate crimes. So that's really good. And the Supreme Court has again refused to step into the trans bathroom debates. In, and this was this particular case was in Indiana. And just some fun stuff. Jennifer Coolidge at the, at the <laughs> Emmys thanked the yes. evil gays for her award. Speaking of the Emmys, Elton John got his EGOT. He died. He got his EGOT. He wasn't yes. there, but he got his he EGOT. He got his EGOT. So we got to love that for sure. And Sir RuPaul Elton. stood up for Drag Queen Story Hour when mm-hmm. uh, he won his award. He said, if a drag queen wants to read you a story at the library, listen to her because knowledge is power. And if someone tries to restrict your access to power, they are trying to scare you. So listen to a drag queen. That's right. Also, big uh, shout-outs to Succession, The Bear, and B for the big winners. Oh, yeah. I was so happy about The Bear. That's such a good show. I love The Bear. Yes, for sure. Okay, I've got a fun thing for you. Did you know that the average American orders pizza three times a month? but only eats an average of eight slices a month. And I'm thinking, who is ordering a pizza and only eating one or two slices? (laughs) Where the hell did that come from? Pizza Hut did a whole thing. Apparently, Wisconsin (laughs) leads the country with an average monthly consumption of 10 slices. And when it comes to overall pizza eating, residents in North Dakota, New York, Minnesota, and Wisconsin are outpacing the rest of us, ordering and eating the most pie every month. And among all responders... Friday was the most popular day to order a pizza. No, to James, put the pizza down because <laughs> James loves his pizza. Yes. Um, another good news is that Massachusetts state senators passed a bill Thursday that will strike down the so-called archaic laws of sodomy from state statutes. Um, sodomy is oral or anal copulation, and it's still on uh, the. It's still in place in a lot of states. They just haven't taken it off, but they have decided to strike it. Um, Massachusetts still has laws on its books that could send a. Per- person to prison for sodomy or quote-unquote unnatural acts as well as get this for using the holy name of god in a curse so use the holy name of god in a curse in uh massachusetts and they can send you to jail well at least it's on the books they're not acting on it i'm sure but wow but i would sure like to go test it yes well you know those things kind of go together right (laughs) the sodomy and Well, they might go together. It might happen depending in the same on, instance, depending on how you're doing it. La, yeah. la, 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 la. Uh-huh. Okay. Anyways, that about sums up our show. So, you guys, make sure that you come back to us. Uh, we will have our two episodes next month. Our early episode at the beginning of February is our podcast released in the first Friday of the month. And then next month, James will be co-hosting with Chris Yeah, here because in the why, studio. Kalia? Why? Because I'm going to go visit my best friend, Madonna, in you're Seattle. You're going to go see Madonna in Seattle. And yeah. so my husband, James, will be co-hosting the next next live show that we do and then the following weekend james and i are going to seattle right. so we're missing yeah. each other exactly. by a week exactly but you can follow this show on our facebook on our instagram on our threads and on our well technically we also have a tiktok so you can check us out in all of the places and please make sure that you like and share us on social media and if you have the time and the inclination a little review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on those really help spread the word of mouth and get our show out in front of uh out in the ears of all lots 
lots of different people. Chris, do you have a quote to send us out today? I do have a quote, and it's actually from last night, and I thought it was an amazing quote. Senator Eggman said uh, when she was talking about getting into politics and, and, and being part of the solution, she says, we all have skeletons in our closet. Let's make them dance. There you go. And my quote is, because Valentine's Day is coming, love is shown more in deeds than in words, and love makes your soul crawl from its hiding place. It's Zora Neale Hurston, by the way. Okay, and, and buy some flowers. Yes, buy flowers from DNL. There you sure. go. Okay. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. One, two, three, let's go. Kalia teaches Chris the jargon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, anyway, there it is. Okay, so.